welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Christy Blaze. A very warm welcome to all our regular listeners and those who are new to Aetherius Radio Live, which is brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on the third Tuesday of every month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. On today's show, your host will be Mark Bennett, who is no stranger to Aetherius Radio Live, having appeared on the show several times. He is an international director in London, and he will be joined today by Darren Ball, a staff member also in London. They will be discussing, now this is fascinating, how to escape the matrix. So without further ado, I hand you over to Mark and Darren. Thank you, Nikki. So it's my great pleasure today to introduce this fascinating subject, which I thought would make a good topic for A Serious Radio Live, because it's so prevalent in social media. And as you might expect, although it's prevalent, it's usually wrong, or at least partly wrong the advice given. It, it, it may take you so far, but it certainly doesn't take you all the way to what really escaping the matrix means. And to help unravel this topic, uh, I'm very pleased to say that I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Darren Ball. Are you there, Darren? Hi, Mark. I am here. Great to be here. Hi. So where should we begin, Darren? Well, I thought we could start, you know, we've, we've entitled this show, How to Escape the Matrix, and thought we could start maybe, Mark, you telling us a little bit about, more about what this matrix actually is. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Um, I think, broadly speaking, I think the word matrix has two uh, slightly different meanings in this sense. And there's the matrix in the sense of society, um, the financial system, uh, government, and so forth. And this can get quite involved and enter into the territory of uh, conspiracy theories. Now, I'm not against conspiracy theories as a concept. Um, we all know that there are conspiracies. I think even pretty mainstream people will admit that there are some conspiracies. But it's a question of which conspiracies are real and which have been dreamt up. Um, and this is a topic I don't want to go too deep into today because I think it's a distraction. But let's just say matrix in that kind of a sense, the systems in place on Earth, how to escape that uh, and lead a better, freer life. But I think that the much deeper and much more important uh, meaning of matrix in this sense is how to escape the delusions of materialism. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think it's a really helpful intro, and I, I totally agree in terms of the focus that we can provide on the show today. Um, I think it's interesting here a couple, a couple ways that um, this has been described by cosmic masters like Mars Sector 6 and the Master Aetherius um, in the transmissions they gave through Dr. King as the, you know, the materialistic prison cunningly, cunningly devised to enslave you or the foul machine of cunningly conceived materialism. So they've, um, they've, they've been very direct in terms of you know, identifying and labeling this as almost like the, you know, the conspiracy of all, of all conspiracies. And I think it's helpful for us to discuss here kind of the nature of what that is. And you've talked about it as a delusion. So maybe we can talk about a little bit about what that delusion entails and what is the, actually the nature of the prison that, you're, that we're there talking about here. Yeah, I think it's, very, it's a brilliant choice of words to call it a prison and then that's reinforced by the word enslave um, because yeah. it is a prison and it's a mental prison first and foremost. Um, that mental prison has physical manifestations as a result of it existing mentally. Uh, but that's where the real, that's where the cunning comes in. Uh, 
is the control of people's minds and thinking to the point where they are willing pawns in uh, this sort of greater scheme of their own enslavement. And they actually fully believe in their own... They don't believe that it is enslavement, but they believe in the values that this materialism uh, evangelizes to them in countless ways. And even, you know, it's so clever the way this works that we even end up conditioning one another. So we, we not only are slaves ourselves, but we perpetuate that wrong philosophy to others by wrong example and wrong advice. How, how do you think you would um, kind of epitomize this, you know, what this, what this set of beliefs, you know, ultimately boils down to when we talk about what materialism is? Yeah, I think that, I mean, first of all, uh, being against materialism doesn't mean you're against material things. We live in a world yeah. that is full of material things. We all need material things. For example, we need to eat. We need clothes, etc. There's nothing wrong with material things per se. What, where, where material becomes materialism is not the correct use of material things. It is when you believe uh, that these material things have more importance than they do. When they become mm. a, an end rather than a means to an end, which is what they should be. They should be the means uh, to the only end that really matters, and that is enlightenment of uh, all life on earth. That is the only end that really matters. And things, necessary though they are, should be used with that goal as the primary, if not the sole, focus. Just um, before we go on, though, I'd just like to, um, mm. I think this might make things a little clearer, is talk about where the people who talk about this on social media go wrong. And they're, in a nutshell, I mean, obviously they're all different, but in a nutshell, the idea is that through being a very hard-working, clever uh, and legitimate businessman, but thinking very much outside the box, um, you can attain great wealth. And this gives you uh, freedom, in inverted commas. It gives you the freedom to do what you want, go where you want, and it gives you more uh, time to do the things that you want and be with the people you want to be with. Now, I haven't e examined exactly whether or not these methods work, and I probably wouldn't know even if I did examine them, because that's quite a science, and I'm certainly not much of a businessman uh, or economist myself. But whether they work or not, or let's say they do work, that is not really freedom. That is not escaping the matrix. That's working with the matrix in a very clever way so that you get to live in a nicer part of the matrix. But you're not, you've not escaped it because the matrix in its essence is materialism. And if you are devoting your life to earning money so that you can buy more stuff and have more pleasure, more fun, what have you, in your life, if, if that's what your life is about, you are absolutely enmeshed in, uh, in the matrix, in delusion, in what in Hinduism I think would be called maya. Uh, this mm. is not freedom. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's, that's a really good insight. And I think a lot of people actually find that sort of like almost a bitter pill to swallow because you're right that the whole the message, the, the, the tone, the conversation, everything that's going on in social media is so much about, you know, how can you earn this passive income? How can you make more money? How can you therefore, as you say, build this life that you love and all of it is to do with finding time to spend with the people you want? And, and we all um, need but, to, we, sorry to interrupt you, um, continue. Hmm. Oh, no, I just, you know, and as, as you say, though, it, it misses the most subtle aspect of this prison, as you've described it, which is that um, we're ensnared by this lie of or the illusion of ownership and possession, which is which is what is, um, you know, which, which is at, at the root of this and which is um, blinded us from what what life is really about, you know, what it comes down to and also what we really are, our own divine nature. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we all need money, of course, uh, if we you know, live uh, in, 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 in normal society. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with earning money, and there's nothing wrong with wanting more money. But it's a question, obviously, of how that money is earned. That's obvious. But it's more of a question of what uh, you intend to do with that money, why you want mm. it. If you're earning money so that you can um, support yourself, feed yourself, house yourself, so that you can then in your free time um, work towards your own enlightenment and more importantly the enlightenment of the whole of mankind, that is, that is a very noble goal. In fact, it's something we all have to do. Um, even if you wanted to be rich, but rich so that you could use that money in service to others, that would be fine. It's when the money becomes a goal in itself, or, or the stuff that that money buys, stuff which is completely and utterly unnecessary, and an absurd indulgence on a planet where there is so much suffering through poverty. I, I just don't really understand these people who buy... Uh, 25 supercars uh, I would have thought that one supercar was really enough for anyone if not more than enough but they have 25 supercars and you think how much pleasure can 25 supercars give you that one couldn't yeah and yeah. then think about all that money that's been spent on these toys which is what they are uh, all this money that's been spent on toys, imagine if that money had been put to a really constructive purpose. Uh, imagine how many hundreds, probably thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people could have their lives changed by the correct use of that money in some way bringing some, some benefit to them that they needed. And, and what really baffles me is wouldn't that be more fun helping change people's lives for the better rather than buying yet another ridiculous toy? I completely agree. It's like, you know, when you think of your life in terms of impact, in terms of change, in terms of, um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's probably a lot of studies or, or certainly there's a common wisdom around, um, you know, the fulfillment that one can feel and the true joy that you can feel uh, when you are helping others and making a difference to their lives in a positive way. Um, that's one point. I think... You, you also raised some really interesting points here about, you know, the choice actually that we make, you know, when, when, uh, when, when we're using money in that way, particularly when we, in, when it's kind of in that indulgent way, um, uh, you know, far and away beyond, you know, whatever our real needs are, because what are we really affirming then? You know, when we think about, uh, you know, the experience of oneness, for example, and how logical service becomes as a result of that, you know, as a way to live and act. And, um, you know, we think of what we're actually affirming instead when we, you know, when you would make a choice like that to buy, a, you know, another supercar instead of the difference you can make in helping somebody else who is really an aspect of yourself. You're almost denying your oneness with all things. You're affirming kind of this wrong idea of separation. Um, you're investing in the illusion, actually. And you're going backwards. You are in involving rather than evolving. And I think it's a really dangerous, slippery slope that you can get caught up in. Yeah, absolutely. And you're also affirming, unconsciously of course, but affirming to yourself that without these things, you're not good enough. Life isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. That 25 supercars are what is required in order to be happy, contented, fulfilled, feel successful, whatever it is. And that's a, a terribly uh, negative, like self-damning, affirmation mm. to give yourself yeah. and then you know the, the, the thing is um, you were talking a, a little while ago down about the you know the fact that being altruistic is known to bring people happiness and mm. conversely people who have hundreds of millions of pounds or dollars or whatever they so often are not happy for one reason yeah. or another, whether it's depression or problems in their personal life or some tragedy that, you know, and no one is immune from tragedy, however much money they've got, you know, right. whatever it is, 
um, you know, there are countless cases, uh, and yet still people are drawn like moths to a flame. Even though they see the moths getting burnt in the flame, they're still attracted to the same thing, even though they might be reading some probably rather trashy sort of magazine about celebrity gossip. They can see that these people are messed up and not happy, at least a large proportion of them, and yet still they envy them and aspire to that lifestyle. And it, it really is virtually the definition of insanity, I think. Yeah, I think it, it's like all these things really that we we just discussed are really a symptom of sort of this this sort of broad conditioning that that's happening, you know, through the media, through a lot of advertising, for example, just through um, you know the the fear mongering in, in general that we that we get, the vanity that's indulged, you know, um, the message that we're given in general, which weaves these. Um, sort of petty desires in our minds, which twists, twists our heart, the, the, um, that gives us the impression that the most important things in life are, are beauty and wealth, and then that, there's nothing more to it, that that's what it's really about. And these, these other things are almost like a symptom of that because they are, they are sort of re they are us aspiring to those things and also aspiring to, um, you know, a sense of status within this system, within this illusion um, that we are sort of cooperating with. Um, you know, whether that's consciously or not. Yeah, I think status is a very uh, key word here because I think a lot of the whole wealth thing is, I mean, let's say you have 25 supercars. You can only drive one car at a time. You know, it's like mm. you have 27 bedrooms in your house. You can only sleep in one bed at a time. Uh, and it's, it, it's not, you know, it's, it's inherently uh, illusory. It's, it's, a, it's a thing in your mind. You feel better, if you do feel better, mm. because you know that there are these things that you could, you could be in. A different one of these 27 bedrooms to the one you're in. You could be driving a different car. But it's all, uh, it's all really in your mind. It, it's, um, mm. it's, it's a very sort of strange state of being where you are dependent on these things outside of yourself which can only serve to divorce you from the desire to go within, which is where true lasting satisfaction is found. It's, in fact, it's the, only, it's the only way to get true lasting satisfaction, which doesn't mean to say that you're going to be happy all the time. No one is meant to be happy all the time. That is not the human condition. It wouldn't even be good because if everyone was happy all the time about everything, there would be no progress. So it's what I'm talking about here as a result of, going, of being of service and of going within is something more than happiness. The cow chewing grass in the field is happy, probably. But there's not a lot going on in his brain. And, you know, we can be happy in a similar way. Uh, but as, as we advance, as we become more spiritually evolved, it, it's certainly not a case that you, you're, you're experiencing perpetual happiness. But you are experiencing a greater satisfaction, uh, a greater fulfillment and certainly at least moments of um, an inner joy that cannot be achieved in any other way. I'd like to quote um, Dr. George King here. This is one of my favorite quotes of his. And sometimes when I'm feeling a bit, bit down or a bit negative, mm. uh, I, I affirm this in my mind. Because I know it's true, but I just need to hear it. And this is it. Mm. There is nothing so satisfying as working for the glory of God in the service of mankind. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't that just say I, I, it all, yeah, I, really? Oh yeah, I can, I can, I can totally resonate with that. And you know, I think it's it's funny you say you know you just need to hear it because I think you know you're definitely not the only one on on the path who needs to hear it. I need to hear that. I, I recently heard from someone, you know, writing a comment on another one of our posts who um, we were talking about this idea of happiness and joy. And they're like, you know what? I just, I just had this impression that maybe I was doing it wrong because I didn't feel happy all the time. Because that's the impression that you kind of get mm -hmm. that you need well, to be happy or something. 
Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a big lie that goes out um, in, 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 in various ways. Not just, in spirit, not, not just in spirituality, though it can be in spirituality, but it can even be in the, the non-spiritual world too. And it's quite a modern thing, I think, that's my impression anyway, is this idea that if you're not happy all the time, there's something wrong with you that you need to be medicated or you're doing something wrong. You may be doing something wrong, but even if you're not doing anything wrong, you're not going to be happy all the time. And you shouldn't even want to be happy all the time. And I think a lot of depression out there is a result of feeling this pressure to be happy all the time. Uh, you feel, it, uh, I mean, I've suffered depression myself going back to my youth. And this was one thing, it's just like, well, what's wrong with me? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a failure because I'm not happier. And then it compounds uh, on itself. Whereas I think sometimes, yes, we are going to be down sometimes, however good we are, uh, however successful we are, even however much service we're giving, everyone has down moments that shows that you're alive, that you have consciousness. And the thing to do, I think, is to just take it uh, in a balanced, detached way, to learn from it, to let it motivate us. And then likewise, when the happy moments come along, to enjoy them, certainly, but not to get overly attached. And I think this is another reason for um, depression, is when you... It's not that depressed people don't like joy or don't understand happiness. It's that they like it too much. And then when it goes away, they feel this terrible void. Well, that's my own personal experience. Anyway, of course, I can't talk mm. for everyone. But that is how I have felt um, you know, some years ago in, in my own life. And, you know, it's obviously it's an unpleasant experience, but it is something that you learn from, and that is what life is about. It's about learning so that eventually you will become fully God-conscious. And that is what escaping the matrix really means, or what it should mean. It's becoming free mentally completely free from conditioning, free from ignorance, and at its absolute pinnacle, as far as we on earth are concerned, it's freedom from the cycle of reincarnation. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great summary there, and I think it um, can also bring us back to, you know, just a couple other points about you know, what is so wrong with materialism? You know, okay, you've just pointed out that it's the complete antithesis of what you described there. But uh, going back a few minutes, I think you highlighted quite well that, um, you know, even in, in the short term, we know that materialism, materialism doesn't work and that it leads to pain and suffering for people, um, for yourself, for others. You know, we see that evidence in a lot of people's lives who otherwise would seem to have it all. Um, but I think it's also, you know, it's also that it's a dead end. Um, and I think this is where it relates to the point that you've just brought up. In that, um, you know, all of these, yeah, all of these things that we can acquire, none of them we can take with us when we go on. Um, no, I mean, materialism is, yes, it certainly is an affirmation of, you know, the belief in just this one life, isn't it? Right. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you there, there. No, that's, that, that's exactly it. And I think, um, you know, to, to take a perspective over many lives instead of one life um, is much more in keeping with, you know, the journey that we all need to take in order to reach or in order to attain enlightenment through experience in the way that you've described, which is what life is really all about in the end. Yeah, I mean, you just, you cannot take money with you uh, when you die. And the, the only thing you, well... Perhaps, let's say, the most important thing that you do take with you, though, is not your money bank balance, but your karmic bank balance. How mm. much good you've done, because that will stay with you. Uh, and in fact, you'll probably be even more aware of it after you pass on. And then you will, um, you know, you'll have that spiritual resource to draw upon in your next incarnation. And so it will go on. And this is what 
escaping the matrix should be. This is what wealth accumulation should be. It's not material mm. wealth. It's the spiritual wealth of all the good that you have done. And I think that, you know, if people could only understand this, it would completely uh, transform life on earth. Totally. Just, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the words of Dr. King, start an investment today by putting good, unselfish deeds into a spiritual bank account, which will pay the highest dividends of all. I think, yeah, it says, it says it right there. And I think, um, I think um, you know, we, talked, we were talking earlier, I think you made a great point about, you know, ultimately, in the end, what can you control in your life? You know, because there are, um, you know, material, for example, is not going to insulate you from any tragedy that might come from outside. Um, but certainly we can all control uh, the, the choices that we make, the actions that we take um, on a long-term basis, not just in one life, but in life after life. And as we gradually begin to uh, sort of peel away the layers of ignorance um, and sort of uh, delusion that we find ourselves in in this state, we can start to make better and better, more wiser choices that will compound in the way that you've described. Um, in this spiritual bank account so that we are eventually making our way to freedom yeah well this is what life is about and when you know when here's you and me kind of knocking materialism and I just like to stress the point in case it's not clear already it's not really that we're doing we're knocking materialism because we want to sound virtuous or even because we want to be virtuous it's because materialism doesn't work it's a lie. It's not just sort of bad in the sense of inverted commas a sin or something. It just doesn't work. And spirituality, if it's real spirituality, isn't about inventing you know, random rules that we should or shouldn't follow. Um, it's about discovering truth reality and learning how to make life really work for us long term and long term is not just one incarnation but life after life after life after life and that's the thing we can really control is our own karmic pattern by the choices we make we're always going to make some mistakes but if we try to do our best to find truth so that we can help others and then we work hard in the light of that then um, we will get better and better and better and we will truly evolve until we are uh, free certainly from the um, materialistic prison and even free from the cycle of rebirth on this planet and then you know that that's just a uh, a whole different level of existence that makes flying about on um, fancy planes and um, having 25 supercars makes it seem rather childish uh, and mm. rather silly. So I shall we totally pause? Agree. Shall we pause? Sorry, don't for um, for Nikki's announcements. Please do. Nikki, are you there? Oh, okay. I am indeed. Well, gosh, uh, thank you so much, Mark and Dan. Very, very thought-provoking indeed. You are listening to a Serious Radio Live with Mark Bennett and Darren Ball discussing how to escape the Matrix. Fascinating. With the festive season already upon us, we hope you will join us for our mystical Christmas service, which will be live-streamed on Christmas Day itself, which is Sunday, December 25th, from the the Sirius Temple in London. The service will be taken by our senior bishop, the Right Reverend Richard Lawrence. There will also be other services being held over this period, so you are warmly welcome to join with us. And for details, please visit Sirius.org stroke online hyphen services. Right, now the next uh, Sirius Radio Live, which will be in uh, 2023 on January the 17th, your host, Chrissy Blaze, will be joined by her guest, Alison Lawrence, and they will be discussing the spiritual energy crisis, something very close to our hearts here. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to hand you back to Mark and Darren. Darren, are you there? 
I am, yeah. I thought um, I thought I'd just dive in here. One 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 way I think sure. that'd be great to continue this conversation is um, is about the, the choice that we have because um, ultimately we do have a choice. And I've got kind of four or five very short quotes here that I think really highlight this to us. Um, I'll share a couple of these if that's all right with you. Sure. So, uh, first of all, the master of Theorius, he says, this group, they are known to some as the silence group, have been responsible for the present conditions upon terror to some extent, but you, the ordinary men, have been responsible to an even greater extent for allowing this to happen by your own apathy. And Dr. King says elsewhere, those who fall do so because of a lack of this determination, because they are beckoned from the straight, narrow pathway, which will eventually lead to their own salvation. They're beckoned away by the tinsel and glamour of materialism. The Master Theorist says, Come, come now, brothers of earth, how long will you swallow the materialistic bait? And Mars Sector 6 says, This prison in which man finds himself confined has barge which he forged by the imposition of suggested limitation upon himself. Mankind as a whole upon terror has allowed himself to be hypnotized into an acceptance of the limitations which he now recognizes. So I think all these um, quotes, I mean, they all, I mean, they all tell me, I, I guess, the story that, you know, ultimately, yes, there is this materialistic scheme, this great conspiracy, but we are cooperating with it to more or less extent. Um, but we do have a choice. And so this is no cause for hopelessness, really. I mean, I think the whole the whole point of them contacting us, of them giving us this inspiration that they've given us in these teachings, is so that we do take some action to rise above the conditioning of this materialism into the light. Yeah, I think, I mean, in that vein, one thing that I think is very sad um, is when people, quite ordinary people, they feel naturally a sense of the desire to improve themselves. They have a, a drive, an ambition, and they don't really know how to apply that drive. Mm. And because of the conditioning around us all the time, they, they assume that money and wealth is the way, that that is... Um, I even heard one person on television describing wealth as greatness. And I oh, thought, mm. my goodness how tragic is that um, mm. and it's like they are what the drive that they have which is a very you know it's a natural even an admirable force that drive should be being applied in its correct sense towards God knowledge and service to others and instead of which because of all this conditioning it is being frittered away on uh, the tinsel and glamour of materialism, as Dr. King put it so, so well, I think. Um, and it, 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 you, just, you just kind of want to cry out and say, please, you know, be sane, rethink this. But um, the, 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 the prison, the conditioning is so deep that, you know, they probably think you're crazy for even saying it. But nevertheless, it has mm. to be said. And as you said there, uh, Darren, that we shouldn't, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to accept, but we shouldn't ever forget that everyone has the choice. So yes, we are conditioned um, by forces outside of ourselves, but we accept that conditioning. And mm. we could reject it. Um, we could at least make more effort to reject it. And this is a choice we have every single day of our lives. Even those of us who are engaged in spiritual work um, you know, we still, you know, have television, we have uh, friends, family, just people we meet, the, the news, everything around us um, potentially is going to skew, even if just a little bit, skew our value system away from that 100% dead-on concentration on the one goal of enlightenment for all. Yeah, I think I think you've really nailed that. I've got a, another quote here from the Master Theorius, I think, which which really speaks to you know you know how can you reject this? What steps can you take in order to start this journey towards freedom? And he says here, knowledge of the real governing unchanging laws bring man freedom from ignorance, freedom from want, freedom from disease, freedom from pain, freedom from the horrors of war. 
freedom from the baser aspects of his own mind, and freedom from the prison created by materialistic accumulation, the most subtle prison of all. This is the only thing that will bring these freedoms. There is no other way to get them. Absolutely. I think so we've got the first point there of, of, no, of knowledge. Yeah, maybe you want to comment on that a little bit. Uh, well, it's like, uh, you know, the, not the correct teaching um, is, you know, the pathway. Uh, mm. But the, you know, however much teaching we have, uh, we have to act upon it. Um, just reading it will do us some good, but very little good if we don't do anything about it. Um, we, it, this is the point of the teaching. In fact, it, you know, it could even be worse for us to study the teaching and then still not act, even in the light of that truth. And just, um, there's so much to talk about here, uh, and I think this show could go on for hours, but we only have the one hour. So I'd just like to make sure, Darren, that we just tick one box, and that is to clearly and succinctly answer the question especially for viewers who, for listeners who may be new, how do we escape the matrix? So maybe you could uh, summarize that. Well, I think uh, ultimately the, the answer, as far as we're concerned, is that service is the way that we can escape from the matrix. Not only does this free us in terms of we begin to focus our mind on what really counts, um, away from the distractional materialism onto um, helping others, but we, um, which means that we can no longer be controlled by the matrix, which means that we can detach ourselves from things like ease, from the comfort, popularity, from our basic desires, and remove those from our priority list so that we are focused on building a better world, so that we are focused on helping others, um, which may not lead to that Instagrammably enviable lifestyle, but gives us the mental freedom that ultimately really counts. When we serve others as well, we are affirming the opposite of what we talked about with the problems of materialism. We are affirming our oneness with all things. We are affirming our own divine nature and the divine nature of all things. We are also treading the path that will ultimately lead to our own enlightenment, freedom from ignorance, and ultimately mastery over all these conditions on earth. Yes, absolutely, Darren. And um, I found a, or I was reminded of a quote uh, today, which is also another great one from Dr. George King. But before I say that quote, I'd just like to put it in context. In the Ethereum Society, we don't believe that the Ethereum Society is the one and only way. Um, we believe that there are many great paths to truth, and many ways of being of service. In fact, you can even, of course, be of service without a spiritual path per se. But that, that puts in context, though, what he did say, uh, absolutely unapologetically and definitely. He said, service is the one and only way. So you can pick, you know, you can pick various paths, or you, you have to pick one path, but you have many options which path to pick. Uh, but whichever one you pick, it isn't going to get you very far without service. So I just repeat that. Service is the one and only way. And this is the way to escape the matrix in both senses of the word, which we discussed earlier. Whatever anybody does to you, if your mind and heart are absolutely focused on service, you know, eventually uh, you will get out of that situation. This is power. This is real power because this is karmic power that lasts. And, of course, when I say power, it's power to do good, of course, which is the only valid reason for having power and the only good reason to want uh, any power and that just actually reminds me of another point um, that I think we have to we have to mention before the uh, before the show is over and that is people who do make a lot of money uh, through hard work and uh, applying their minds 
I have a lot of admiration for their achievement. I don't want to take away from the fact that they have you know, really applied themselves and they've, they've um, achieved their goal. And let's assume that they've done it honestly and legally um, and now they're very, very wealthy. And they've bought their 25 supercars. And now a lot of people would say, well, they've earned it. They deserve it. Um, good mm. on them. And then they listen to me talking and they, they sort of probably get rather annoyed with me and say, mm -hmm. you know, well, he's earned it or she's earned it. It's theirs to do what they want with it. And I'd say, yes, it is. It is their right to spend it as they wish. But that, that, just because they have the right does not mean that they are right to use it on all this childish materialistic nonsense. Not only does it not help others, but it doesn't even really help them. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, um, and that comes back to the point we were making earlier about um, the choice that we, you know, that person makes. But I think it's, you know, it's like, it's not just that, uh, it's not just that um, even if they did have the right and they want to make that case, is what does it say about you as a person that that's your value system, that in spite of the conditions on the world today, in, in spite of, um, you know, poverty, a stone's throw away from luxury, apart from the widespread um, um, inequality that we have that your choice that you made with the money you earned was to do that it's like I know it, it's bizarre it's utterly bizarre and this is one I think one reason people sort of make this choice is because um, society endorses the choice right, and yeah, may, right. Yeah, you know yeah. maybe expects uh, such people to give 0.0000001% of their income to charity and, you know, that's, as far as I'm concerned, that is just not good enough, I'm afraid. You know, the, the reward of having wealth is the wonderful privilege of being able to use it constructively to benefit the world. And that's, I mean, what, what, you know, what greater privilege could there be uh, mm. than that? You know, that's what it's for. That is your reward for all your hard work. Uh, in your business or whatever, is the opportunity to do something really great. And then you're transmuting all that energy, all that materialism, onto a, a higher plane, onto the plane where it should be, and, and you will most certainly evolve as a result of that. But just, um, just for the record, I just wanted to add in that I think we have to be balanced about this. And being balanced is very, very difficult because, um, you know, it's like where to draw the line. We should totally. not sort of become, you know, these awful kind of dour, puritanical types that don't believe that you should ever spend any money on having fun or you should ever have any nice things. And, you know... Likewise, we certainly don't want to become militant communists who start attacking people with money. You know, th this, is, this is completely the wrong approach. Um, we should be balanced. We should be uh, peaceful. And really, it's a question, I think, of just making the point. And next time somebody points to... Um, you know, uh, somebody getting out of a Ferrari and says, uh, oh, look, he's a success, isn't he? I say, no, he's not a success because he's failed. He's fallen into the temptation of materialism. And however beautiful his car is, he's misused his money. He's spent all that money that could have done great good on a completely senseless toy. Now, if we didn't have starving children, etc., on this planet, I would have nothing against people buying Ferraris. But we do. And, you know, mm. it's a question of priority. Uh, mm. And I think this is where, this is, well, one of the many ways where this planet completely shows an insanity that beggars belief is the totally wrong... Uh, priorities and value system of people, where people think it's more important for them to have an expensive toy 
and I mean a very expensive toy, or 25 very expensive toys, than it is to, to, to save someone or several people from death. And that's what we're talking about at the end of the day. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I like this point about, you know, our overall value system because, you know, when you reflect on it, I mean, ultimately, you know, the brightest minds on earth, the deepest pockets should be focused on the biggest problems that we face. I mean, not just the brightest minds, the deepest pockets. We all should be. But, you know, in, in, in the context of this, you know, point you're making, I think it's that, um, you know, where are our priorities and, wh and why are they so skewed um, away from what really counts? And the whole being able to detach from the delusion of materialism, which, you know, the cosmic masters and, and what we're, we're, we're advocating here is, is one of the first steps um, that you can take, you know, being able to recognize the illusion for what it is, being able to break away from it consciously, and therefore being able to direct your actions in the light of this greater wisdom, um, most of all in service to others and helping others is what, is what we need to do. Yeah, and it's just really basic logic, I mean, just basic common sense, really. Mm. If we just spend just a few minutes even just thinking about it in a rational way, um, and, and then it becomes so obvious and it doesn't even become um, a massive sacrifice, really, when you can identify uh, materialism for what is... Now, I'm not saying that I'm completely free of materialism by, by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think it would be an extremely rare person who was. But mm. if you are involved in spiritual work, you are at least, as you said, Darren, you're affirming oneness. You're affirming the reality of the God spark within all things, which then exposes materialism for the folly that it is. And it becomes a natural, gentle process of evolving out of uh, what society might expect of us and what... Um, the dictators of our policy would have us do. Yeah, there's some great quotes here about detaching from this that I thought I'd share just to um, keep us flowing here. Marsek 6 here, he says, before you can combat this involution, you must be able to recognize it. You cannot fight that which you cannot see. And he also says, um, talking about how do you go towards this goal of, of freedom. It says, by training your intuition at this moment so that your discrimination is so enhanced that you can see the false and detach yourself from it. You cannot detach yourself from that you are not aware of. So become aware, then detach. Become aware of the great spiritual truths and then attach yourself to these. I think it's quite interesting about this detachment and attachment because I guess in the past, you know, traditionally the, the yogic wisdom would have been to detach completely from this Maya and delusion, um, detach from all material things and almost, you know, go off into the wilderness or, or whatnot. Um, but here we're being encouraged to not only attach to these spiritual truths, but to attach ourselves to spiritual service to others, to be in the world even, uh, but not of it. Yes, exactly, to be in the world but not of it. And that is the, you know, that's the really difficult thing, isn't it? That um, yeah. you and I, and I'm sure many of our listeners, are, are very familiar with. It's much easier to be uh, unmaterialistic when we're, you know, living as a, a monk in the Himalayas or something than it is in London with all the uh, temptations and nonsense of a big city but then it makes the achievement all the greater even if we make a few mistakes along the way if we can just basically get through it then you know that that's like real strength rather than just putting ourselves in a position where it's easier yeah, I think one point about that is that in the latter case, it doesn't really represent mastery over this illusion. It represents sort of detachment from it, taking yourself out of a context and way in which you might be tested by it. But ultimately, have you really passed through that test in your journey towards enlightenment? Um, whereas, you know, the spiritual seeker today, someone living in a city like Los Angeles and London, who has to grapple with these things like you described, that's really, <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? But ultimately, if you can achieve mastery over these things in, in, in this way, I think it's, as you say, extremely powerful. Um, 
And I think one way, actually, that we could talk a little bit about is, is the role of personal development, personal spiritual development in, in doing that. Yes, absolutely. Um, got Please a, go ahead. Yeah, I've got a, another quote here I think I'll share. Um, this is Mars Sector 6 speaking again. He says, um, Go ye ever inwards and seek the all-knowledge space within you. Be ye taught by the divine essence, which is a part of you as much as you be a part of it. Allow yourself to be inspired by those who speak without the forked tongue of the schema. Allow yourself to be inspired and enriched by the great truths. Allow yourself to have faith in the logic expressed in such holy works as the Twelve Blessings. Allow yourself to be inspired by such works that you may radiate such a brilliant white light around yourselves that evil cannot enter in. I think it's a wonderful reminder of uh, you know, going within and the role of doing so in, in not only believing in oneness but beginning to realize it for ourselves. Your thoughts? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so I think, I mean, we've talked about the challenges of living, say, in London or Los Angeles from a spiritual point of view. Yeah. But what we can do is try to create uh, a spiritual micro-environment for ourselves. Yes, that's yeah, so yeah, a good way to put it. We study spiritual truths. And, um, you know, I'm not saying we never watch television or, or, you know, or have any entertainment. But, you know, sometimes... We don't turn the television on. We turn on a lecture that actually benefits us and raises us rather than pulls us down, which probably mm. is what's going to be on, on the telly. Um, so we, we, we listen to spiritual truth. We read spiritual truth. We talk to other spiritually minded people. And that way, you know, even though all around us is all this mire, you know, we're creating this um, micro-ashram in our own lives and that's really our responsibility to do that and so study is one contact with other spiritual people is another all genuine spiritual practices so yoga breathing mantra um, selfless prayer or, or prayer for something constructive um, all these kind of things they will raise our vibrations they will attune us to the reality of God uh, help us to attach to spiritual truths and to detach from the lies and the nonsense of materialism. But all of these things, they will help, certainly. But the pinnacle of it all has to be a service to others. These practices, this study, this spiritual conditioning will help us to be of greater service and will help us want to be of service. It's one of the great mm. things about spiritual practices is they, they, um, they help spiritual motivation to thrive. And that's, it, you know, it's not easy to maintain our spiritual motivation when you have all this negative conditioning around you. And spiritual practices can, you know, really sometimes be the difference between success and failure on that point. So I think there we have how to escape the matrix is basically dedicate yourself to spirituality, real spirituality, and live and act in the light of it through service. Yes, I think it's a fantastic summary. I think you know, another aspect of the service is you know, the more we strive to express um, to, to act and express this unconditional love, you know, the more that um, we help ourselves by raising our own consciousness and ultimately by um, beginning to raise within us through service this mystical power known as kundalini at the base of the spine so that we begin to express and, um, our higher chakras rather than our lower ones. We begin to tap into the higher aspects of mind rather than the lower ones. And as, begin to, as we begin to attune ourselves with the higher aspect of mind, um, that's what begins to influence our life more and more, making it easier for us to, um, to, stay, to rise above and stay above this sort of ocean of materialism around us that would otherwise condition us um, in all the ways that we've talked about earlier on the show. Yeah, well, if we enlighten ourselves enough, then we'll be immune to conditioning. Um, immune, we'll not yes. A, yeah. yeah, I mean, logically, we'll be immune we won't feel the same desire for these basic things because we will have experienced 
higher joy, which materialism doesn't bring. And also, uh, psychically, we'll be able to just feel the uh, squalor, the filth, of the vibrations of basic materialism and it'll, it'll be, be like a bad smell it'll make us revile away from it in horror uh, and you know however glamorous the tinsel is or whatever there's no fooling someone who's really enlightened um, so this is you know this is the ultimate way to escape the matrix and a person like that has more power more joy, more fulfillment than a million supercars or private jets or beautiful women or whatever could ever provide. Yeah, I mean, it can't be bought, and that's kind of the point, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. It cannot be bought. Um, And, you know, this is why it's so important to choose the right spiritual path, because there are many paths but some are better than others. Some suit certain people better than others. And it's important to pick one that isn't itself a dead end because unfortunately, materialism, the matrix, has even infected uh, many uh, spiritual paths. I mean, this idea, you know, come to my church and then you'll be rich or even more invidious than that. Donate to my church and then you'll be rich. I mean, there you have kind of the ultimate scam, I think, uh, using religion to, 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 to profit yourself materialism, materially uh, by deluding people with other materialistic promises that, you, that cannot be fulfilled. Uh, and unfortunately, this is going on in many religions uh, around the world and is big business, but very, very bad karma. Yeah, no, it's a great point to call that out. I think, you know, as you say, in religions around the world, even the New Age movement, um, you know, a lot of the, the sort of motive that a lot of people find themselves with is how can I, you know, do this so-called spiritual stuff so that I can become more wealthy um, or, or whatever other, you know, aspects of materialism might be when um, it's actually taking people further away in a more sin- even in a more sinister way from what spirituality is really about yeah. because um, – you know, they really should have the, the knowledge in that case, you know, and they've ter- they're still turning away from it to choose the path of comfort, ease, basic desires, etc. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're being encouraged here in the teachings, I think in one of the quotes I read earlier, to be able to train our intuition, to use our judgment, to um, use our discrimination in, the, in a positive sense in terms of being able to tell what's right from what's wrong. And that, you know, as we do our spiritual practice, as we serve more, as we read more truth, we train our... Um, sense of what is right and wrong in this respect more and more so that we can make a better choice. Yeah, and I think that motive is absolutely key. Because if you're looking for a spiritual path and your only motive is to be happier and wealthier, then you know, that's not the right motive. And without the right motive, your intuition won't work properly. Um, yeah. You, 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 it, when you have that really pure motive, I just want truth so that I can become wise, so that I can help others. If you have that motive, then nothing can stop you. Um, and, and if you dedicate yourself to service, you might not be rich. You will have definitely problems. You'll have highs and lows. But you will get through it all because you're... Um, you're playing for the right team, so to speak. You're on the side that has to win in the end, because though it may not seem like it from one day to the next, ultimately, goodness always wins. Truth always wins, because truth is God, and God is the one reality. Yeah, fantastic note to end on, I think, there, Mark. Yeah, I think we're about out of time. I know we could carry on for hours. Um, but anyway, it's been great to have you on the show, Darren, and I hope we um, Thanks see so much again soon. Thank you. <laughs> and you. Well, what, what an absolutely fascinating show. Thank you so much, Mark and Darren, and, and certainly a message to carry through into the new year. Thank you both. Thank you.
The next Serious Radio Live will be in the new year on January the 17th with Chrissy Blaze and Alison Lawrence, and they will be discussing the spiritual energy crisis. If you would like to find out more on the facts mentioned in the show, please visit Ethereus.org. You can connect with Mark through his website, and that's markinfo.co.uk, and Darren at Ethereus.org. Oh, what a show. Well, I really hope you enjoy the show. It's fascinating and certainly gives a lot to think about. From all of us here at Ethereus Radio Live, a very big thank you for listening to our shows throughout 2022. And I would like to take this opportunity of wishing you all a very happy Christmas and a spiritually fulfilling new year of 2023. So we'll hopefully have your wonderful company next year. Thank you. Take care.